0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Kickstart Podcast, presented by our friends at Pro ProTaper. Um, it's the Monday after Motocross of Nations. And Anton, I know that you watched it as a diehard motocross fanatic. I watched part of it. Anton, or uh, A-Ray, and Chase didn't even know it happened. Yeah, I mean, I
1: knew it happened, knew obviously. It happened, yeah. But, yeah, I didn't. I didn't all, all I know is Italy won. That's it. Yeah. I don't know who got second or third. I don't know what happened. I, I'm sure Hurlings was good, but other than that, I don't. Know, I don't know shit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so how was it, Anton? Did you Did you wake up really early and watch it on on uh, the pay per view thing? Yeah, I
2: did. Yeah. <laughs> I woke up. Um, I woke up at like four on Sunday, and then I was like, "It's too early. Like, I'll wake up later and then come back to it because it was only the B final then. Yeah. And then uh, I was like about an hour behind everybody, but it was good. I mean, that was. I was really skeptical that the race was even going to happen. I'm very mm-hmm. glad that they pulled it off. Um, you know, just even to just see Tony get what he did. Uh, and that was a solid race because it was pretty diverse. I mean, that's as equal of a playing field as you can get with rain and sand and mud and all of that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was, that was an awesome race. You know, uh, what? it, yeah, and it didn't look great... like there as many people there, right? Did they so, have a cap on spectators? I'm sure they did. And then that's not necessarily, like, the biggest venue. It's all it's all kind of in this little hole and then there's a bank that runs all the way around the perimeter of that track. Cause I went to it a couple years ago. It's really cool. Um, and then you can see how there's those hard curb walls like along the outside.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's not like you can fit all that many people there, but then I'm sure with like the situation that we're in plus the weather, plus everything else going on, I'm sure people were just like, yeah, we're good, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't all that big, but, Hey, you know, the, I'm sure the Italians that were there, like, enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I got to watch the third moto <clears throat> kind of dangerously as I was driving because I had, uh, you know, my Italian buddy, Mattia, mountain bike Mattia guy from Italy. He's he's here and he's uh, studying to become an airline pilot or he's actually a pilot already, but he's getting his commercial or his private hours so that he can be a commercial airline pilot. But, you know. He's Italian, does nations in Italy. He's watching on his iPad as we're driving to Snow Summit to go riding yesterday. And it's pretty funny because, you know, he's about as invested in the Italian team as anyone here would be in the U.S. team. And he's just freaking out when Lupino gets booted off the first turn in this last moto and cuts like, you know, cuts behind the TV cameras and all that and joins in. He's just like, oh, my God, Lupino is He's fast, but he has a track record and a history of buckling under pressure Mm. like this and doing stupid shit. You know, and then they're talking about the the penalty and what the penalty could be, and then the positions he'd have to make up to overcome the penalty if it was a ten point penalty. Yeah. And then I guess he ate shit again on his way through the field. But like it was so it was funny because Mattia watching it in my passenger seat of the sprinter as we're driving to Snow Summit, it was as uh, he was as en- enthusiastic and into it as if he was there in person. You oh, know, wow. Obviously he's Italian, right? So yep. it was, it was just super cool to, uh, hear his take on it and, and see how he, how excited he got when they did win. And instantly he started getting texts and phone calls from his friends in Italy that were at the race. Oh, <laughs> and then through the day at summit or we're riding, we're on chairlift. He's looking at his phone. He's showing me stories. Instagram stories of his friends in Italy and either he's all, dude, it's getting wild. Oh shit. That's I'm awesome, like, man. I'm like, Oh, I got to ask Anton, how many gallons do you think of limoncello got consumed last night?
2: <laughs> oh yeah. I bet a lot. I was wondering how much like Tony stayed in party, you know? Cause like, you know, back in the day, like when you were going to it, he was the guy that was like really getting turned on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, you know, it's championship contention. He's got a one-year-old, he's got the kid. You know, he's kind of banged up. I am I was like, oh, man, I wonder if Tony's just like, no, we'll just fight it through. and then no, enjoy he was the sending, celebration. I guarantee you he was sending it. Yeah, but that was so awesome. Like, I'm so pumped for all of those people, especially for it to happen at Italy, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Italy is, even they said something, it's only the fifth time that the race has ever been held in Italy.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's kind of surprising, because anybody that's ever gone there can, like, kind of speak to this. It's motorcycles everywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. That's such a, like motorcycle country you'd think they'd have it way more often
1: yeah and then other news they said that uh the designations next year is going to be a redbud redbud again
4: yeah that's awesome i'm excited it's kind of
0: crazy that's going back to the exact same
4: venue right yeah it's like second try here we go yeah second try yeah (laughs) yeah the first time it like
1: rained really bad and the track was all shitty i guess Mm -hmm. the way they prepped it is so much different than it usually is yeah that's what it threw a lot of people off i guess um, a little bit more had a, a bit of a harder base, I guess with the rain and everything. I don't know. Do mm-hmm. the guys for a bit of a loop, man. Anton, were you bummed that you didn't get to go to Italy?
2: Uh, like up to Thursday, I wasn't, you know, yeah. and then Friday night I started watching the, um, the parade that they do, you know, like of yeah. all the teams going through. And I was like, fuck man. I wish I was there. Yeah. Hey, and Ant- Anton, Saturday- let me ask you this.
0: Could you have gone? Could I have sent you as a, a journalist? Uh, I don't or...
2: think so. I don't think so. Um, just because of like the, the testing and the quarantine and the vaccine and all that stuff, I just don't think that it's possible for us right now, mm-hmm. you know, to go over there. Cause I mean, um, I know when
0: you, when the U S pulled out, even though, even it had the U S gone, it wouldn't have been a typical Anton trip to Europe because you, you know, would have been, quarantined have been with
2: like the on team. lock and key. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah. There had been no, uh, there would no, been li- no late night espressos in the, Yeah. Streets with your legs
2: crossed with a scarf. (laughs) But like, I had even been thinking about it too. You know, I was happy to be home. Um, and if there was one that I was going to watch from home, it'd be one where it just completely like dumped rain all day. Cause (laughs) like that didn't look fun, you know, just getting all your stuff just soaked. But, um, yeah no i was bummed not to go because that like that was exactly you know all year as i was thinking about going over to the nations that's that was what i wanted to see i wanted to see jeffrey just like kick ass on the sand and i wanted to see tony do well one more time in italy uh, so it's a bummer not to see that in person but i mean that's a very privileged statement i know i've been very like lucky to see them ride a bunch anyway
3: mm-hmm.
2: but um yeah that was i mean that was a great race and i think if you had put the us in there Honestly, like, I know this sounds like really, really bad. but better that they didn't go because that kind of condition and that kind of track, I mean, even really good teams were having some issues. They would have podium for sure. It would have been very close. But um, it would have been like, hey, man, you know, there would still been some blowback because they didn't go over there and win at, like, a B rate donations like all these other people claim it is. Like, there was a no-win situation, you know.
0: So, had our team gone with Barsha, Hampshire, and Sexton.
2: Mm-hmm. Who do you think would have been the star performer on the U.S. team in those conditions? Uh, I'd have to – I would like to think Barsha. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, just because he's so wild. Like, it'd be see, it'd be fun to see him go heads up against Jeffrey, who's, like, such a tactical guy in the sand.
1: That, and plus Put it was, like, like, a like, bit of a sandier base too. And then, you know, Barsha's so good in the mud as well because mm-hmm. it did rain. Yeah, I think Barsha would have excelled really well there. I think it would have been stressful
4: yeah. watching Hampshire.
2: <laughs> I, especially, yeah, and I—I I even told that to my wife. Like with that slick base, like that would have been RJ's like yeah. demise all yeah. all the time, you know. Like that would have been fun. really, really Talk tricky. Yeah. Oof.
0: Huh. Yeah, man. Well, was it a uh, a nail biter? I mean, oh yeah, it was a nail biter because I heard the whole third moto. But uh, any other notable things that you saw? Any surprises?
2: Uh, well, it was cool because Tony, you know, was like he got up front he got he went down in the first turn in the first moto with Coldenhoff. like they both collided right at the whole shot stripe and then that pretty much just put tony on the back foot the rest of that moto he stopped in and got goggles and he really had the throwaway score at that point yeah. um guadagnini did great the mx2 kid you know really first year on factory ktm he's been doing very very well that was a great ride for him but then tony said in the third moto as he was going around the track, like, in the last half of it, he could hear the announcer say, like, penalty, penalty, and then Lupino. So he's, like, behind him, he's, like, all right, I just have to do what I can do, and hopefully Lupino does what he needs to do. And then, like you said, like, Lupino did have a pretty good one. You know, he just, like, was going really fast, and it got a little away from him, and then he went flying over the bars. And then it was, like, this real nail-biter all the way down to the last lap because – You know, the guy that he needed to pass, he passed him. And then there was a couple reckless laps, and then they closed the gap back on him again. But, I mean, that was an awesome race, you know. And I think Lupino crashing and then, like, passing the guy back and then holding off the charge, he more than made up for, like, the 10-position penalty (laughs) fuck-up that (laughs) he made. Wait, hold on. Did he get a 10-penalty? Yeah, 10-position. Oh, wow. Holy shit. But there's a lot of people that are mad that they think he should have gotten disqualified.
1: Oh, Okay. I mean, but dude, it was he like
2: cut he a got a lot of the track. Off. He cut a lot of the track oh, and shit. like he came in at a very ideal spot he, and he was on the outside of the turn. Like he would have really probably come around the first turn no better than like seventh or eighth. Realistically. Yeah. If not that. Um So, yeah, he did make up quite a bit of ground. You know? It <laughs> sounds like Alex needs to send this guy out a sketchy shirt.
1: I mean, I'll send him one, you know, if he if he needs it. You know that that third moto crash sounds pretty gnarly. So I mean, I feel like he could win the he could win the sketchy award for the weekend. That'd be sick. <laughs> yeah, but hey, did I hear? Oh, right? uh, I'm I'm feeling all right. You know, I had surgery last Wednesday, and uh,
0: you're not in any bandages
1: even. Uh, no. So pretty much, they said, you know, two weeks, you'll be pretty much fine, ready to go. Um, with this, my right hand. Uh, I got all the pins and everything taken out. Uh, Everything looked good, partially fused. Uh, So I'm just working back a little bit of motion that I'll, I guess, get to have, which isn't much. Um, So yeah, I mean, my right wrist is good. My left wrist isn't healed up yet. Uh, So I have to get an x-ray in like three weeks to see if it's it's healed. But uh, that, you know, that's pretty, it's a pretty slow process even with the scaphoid. So I mean,
0: so what does a partial fusion look like as far as range?
1: So that's okay. all the way back, and then so and then that's whew, for That's, that's it. not much.
0: No, that's not much. But at you all. know, what? you don't twist your throttle like this. You twist it like a tennis racket. Yeah, like
1: or yeah, a Yeah. Like the, yeah. Right. So you're good. Yeah, it should be fine. Yeah, I mean, my days of doing push-ups on my palms, doing Almost. burpees, everything on my palms are, are over. You know, it's it's all fist, but. Yeah, I got to go back in about 3 weeks, get a x-ray on my left wrist just to see if the scaphoid's healing or not. Um and then we should be if it's if it's healed, then we'll be ready to ride. But it's sort of just a waiting game right now. Um today's day 1 of training.
3: <laughs> and
1: fuck, dude, I'm I'm out of shape, I'll tell you what. It's been a, you know, long few months of me not really doing much, obviously. I've been going to the races, doing stuff, but I mean, it, your hands don't really work. It's kind of hard. I mean, you can do like stationary bicycle stuff and abs and. You could have been running. I haven't. I do My my your legs knees. are fucked. Yeah, my legs are fucked. So, um, I mean, I do run, but it's it it hurts really bad. Yeah. But I uh, yeah, I mean, I just took took some time off. Obviously, you know, it's been it's been fun, but now it's time to buckle down. I mean, I've had. Way too many beers. I feel like, mm. cause on the road bike ride this morning, my heart rate was a little high. Not gonna <laughs> lie. Yeah, so it's a bummer, but hey, we'll get there.
0: How bad do you miss riding a dirt bike right now? Uh,
1: I miss it. I miss it. Miss it quite a bit. You know, um, I just want to go out one day and just have fun on a motorcycle. Like maybe have like Paris night. You know, night riding or
4: something like. Don't go Paris night if you want to have fun. Well, just just cruise. You know, <laughs> I just want to like
1: cruise around on a motorcycle or something. Like hit a couple corners or you know do something. I don't have to full on moto, but I can't right now. It's yeah. a bummer, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna start out super slow because I don't want to really damage anything. Because um, I mean, these are these are where I gotta hang on to the bars with. You know, so take
4: it slow, figure it out, and just take it day by day. Mm -hmm. Do you think anything with like your, obviously there's possibly, there's a possibility you'll be on a different color, but do you think anything with like your, your bar setup and whatnot is going to change, change, maybe grips or something? Um, yeah. I mean, shit, maybe like I've always
1: liked handlebars with a lot of sweep Mm -hmm. and then I don't know if I'm going to be able to hang on that way. So like maybe, maybe I might go to a straighter bar or something, or maybe I'll go to like a a quick turn throttle tube yes. obviously because i can't you know bend chi- as much yeah, yeah i can't bend it as much so i might have to just chicken wing the fucker I, yeah i
0: don't think you have that much less than me you know like like i i well how far can you go down oh that's a lot less than my but you Oof. don't uh, i don't know it's just you know I've, yeah i broke both my scaphoids in 2008 yeah and i was gonna have them both fused and i was super depressed and that's mm-hmm. I talked to Doug Dubok, and he goes, Doug, screw that. He goes, I've been told like six times through my creator, fuse my wrist. Mm-hmm. He goes, just go get acupuncture. Really? And so, I actually, I got like five opinions, and I finally got the fifth doctor. It was like, yo, if you stay in a cast for four extra weeks, you don't got to get surgery. Oh, wow. And I was like, really? And he goes, look, dummy, I make a shitload of money off surgeries. And I'm, I'm sitting here I'm, telling you. And I'm you. telling you you don't get surgery. So I yeah. believed him. He was the pitcher, the, the – Surgeon for the Angels, yeah. Mm -hmm. Who works on pitchers and stuff. So, so yeah, I didn't, and yeah, they hurt here now and again. But I'd rather have achy wrists at my age than have fused wrists. Yeah, fused. But I mean, I have I have full motion down, but going
3: back, (laughs) yeah, that's like like
1: this one. Like I feel like I'm I'm pretty close to full, Mm -hmm. but like going up, I still have a little bit. But this is this one's not even healed up yet, and I still have good range of motion. Um, But yeah, it's just uh, just a waiting game at this point.
0: Like I, mean, I was worried about the throttle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You don't, no. I, you don't twist it like that. Like, you know. Yeah, I'm a bit nervous. You know, when nervous. you see someone, you go, bum, bum, like, your hand. that's not how you really do the throttle. Yeah. You, it's like a doorknob.
3: Yeah,
1: I'm a bit nervous, too, because, you know, I mean, I've been able to bend my wrist, but, like, it not, I don't know, like, this isn't very much, Right. Yeah. And I I haven't ridden a motorcycle with it like this, mm-hmm. and I don't want to jump just straight into super supercross and start hitting whoops and fucking get all no, sketchy yeah. and shit and loop yeah. out because mm-hmm. I'm just fucking over here chicken winging it. So that's why I, I want to take it slow first couple of weeks, ride some outdoors, and then and then really get into it on the supercross track. But I am I'm, I'm gonna have to learn how to hang onto the bars and ride a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. You know, with this this whole procedure, which I mean, it sucks, but gotta do it right.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. I mean, there has been a lot of guys with fused wrists that have done wrong. Tim Ferry had a fused yeah. wrist. I think RV has yeah. a fused wrist. So yeah. mm-hmm. He obviously has no problem twisting the throttle. No. Right? And I think I may uh, – here in a
1: couple of years, I may have to go back and get this one fused because yeah. I have some bone spurs and some arthritis and stuff in this one, hmm. Which which it sucks. But, I mean, like this one, it looks like I've been put through a meat grinder. I mean, I have seven or eight different incisions just on yeah. this one hand. And you're from, right-handed, right? Yeah, I'm right-handed. This was uh surgery number three on this one just to, you know, but I mean, I'm done now yeah. with the surgeries and everything. So everything's good. But um, yeah, I mean, this thing looks pretty shitty. Hmm. But
0: are you, are you able to squawk your chicken?
1: What, like jerk off? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Can't nobody
2: do it like me. I uh, like we got, we always get down to the pressing. Topics. I mean, like, yeah. They, I
1: mean, that's
0: what everyone wants to know, right? I mean, my my yeah. shoulder's
1: a little bit achy because I got to go in a different angle, you know. And I'm like <laughs> a little, a <laughs> little more, a little bit hunched more over. hunched over. But I mean, fuck,
3: oh, dude,
1: there for a bit. Like I gave my right hand a little bit of you know time off because it yeah. was so bad. But you know? didn't have
0: the coordination with the left hand, did you?
1: Yeah, but it felt weird jerking in a different way, you know. Yeah, And you're like, oh, this is
0: different. You know, our buddy Chris Cooley that runs CCR Sport. Yeah. He uh, when he, he was in two casts, he discovered that he could use a baggy lotion and the couch cushions. What
3: the fuck?
0: <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> that sounds messy. Holy shit!
1: <laughs> could you imagine like like just like someone just walking in on him and doing like oh, yeah, the fucking couch, the, couch you know, cushions or something? Being in the couch. Holy yeah. cow, dude! There's no way. Mm. Yeah. I'll just stick. Fantastic
0: to the- content on this morning's Kickstarter. Dude, podcast,
1: I know, right?
4: I, I mean, no, nah, lefty dude going left. It's like banging a whole nother chick. Yeah. Yeah. That Isn't matter. that funny though? How soon did you figure out how to jack off? Like, I remember when I did my arms, I was, like, the third thing I did. Yeah, right? Exactly. Like, all right, how do With I... With your feet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: The yogurt finally paid off, Chase. He's over
1: there. Yeah, he's over there freaking trying to stretch, trying to do like, <laughs> <laughs> put, his, put it in his mouth. <laughs> no, kind of that's, like, out for that. that's, like, one of the first three things you, you figure out how to do. you got to figure out how to wipe your ass. Yep, wipe your ass. Jerk off and... Drink water. And, yeah, eat food. <laughs> Nourishment, jerk off, and shit. That's the, the three yeah. things you got to figure out whenever you... You break both of your wrists
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my god and, and, and listeners out there mind you the content is thus because we didn't get any suggestions on on what to talk yeah, about. yeah what, what the hell get. guys come on nobody said
2: anything Bummer. you got you got any ideas anton uh i mean i don't know i i, I don't know what you guys want to talk about ever yeah I mean, shit, we can talk about anything. We all talk about about so much all the time, though. It's it's like hard to like, okay, yeah, we're going to bullet point these things down. Maybe that's what we have to do from now on. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Have you heard that Yoshimura is now making bicycle components? That's right. Their first product to market, the Chileo Pedal, was over two years in development, and now they're ready for your mountain bike or BMX bike. Made in the USA and available in two sizes, You have to see these masterpieces of machining to appreciate them. They're most likely the last pedals you'll ever need for your bicycle. Now shipping worldwide, check them out at yoshimiracycling.com.
2: Hi, Swap Moto Live listeners, this is Alex Martin. At Arai, every helmet is handcrafted with dedication to pursue gains and protection, and that is exactly why I choose to race an Arai helmet. This lifeblood of obsession with protection is driven by a single shareholder and runs through every person who builds an Arai helmet. This is what sets Arai apart. This is Arai.
1: Since 2005, Risk Racing has been a leading innovator within the motocross industry, all while doing it in their own unique way. Whether you are looking for the Premier Motocross Transport System, the Lock and Load Pro, or the EZ Utility Jug, the fuel can of choice for me, SGB Racing's Alex Ray, Risk Racing is there to be your go-to motocross shopping destination. Head over to riskracing.com today and see their entire product line. Use code SWAP at checkout to receive 15% off the entire purchase.
0: Hey everyone, Don Moetta here. Over the past 20 years, I've built a ton of cool motocross project bikes. When it comes to choosing a great wheel set, my first call is always to the crew at WUSA. Importers and distributors of Talon, Kite, Hawn, and Edge Hubs The wheel building team at W is unrivaled when it comes to lacing them up to DID or Excel rims. Let's be honest now. Next cleaning air filters or changing oil, tightening spokes is one of the most tedious jobs when it comes to working on your bike. When it comes to wheel sets from W though, you know that they'll stay straight and true and the spokes will almost always stay tight. There's a reason that factory teams and top riders everywhere rely on W. When it comes to anything wheel-related, your one-stop shop is WUSA.com. Check them out. Hey, this is Colt Nichols
4: of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team, and I rely on Guiltless Food Code to keep me fueled properly, feeling 100%, and it's super convenient. It's healthy food that doesn't suck. Sign up at guiltlessfoodco.com. Out here, on the edge,
1: failure is no option. Here, You don't compromise off-road on road on the track off the grid sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world period the engineers who design your bike trust inspect sunstar for the same reason you should because here on the edge failure is no option sunstar number one in sprockets and brake discs
2: what's up this is christian craig as a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling, and whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has
0: been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Life podcast for additional discounts in the shop. Hey guys, it's Ryan Villapoto. Now that I'm living the retired life and not bound to factory team sponsors, I'm able to choose my partners when it comes to building my bikes. I choose Backyard Designs to create my motorcycle graphics because they do a great job. Their kits look great, go on easy, and last long. Backyard Design has the most comprehensive and user friendly graphic website in the sport. Use the discount code SWATMOTO at checkout for a discount at backyarddesignsusa.com. All right, so. I was driving in, and I'm like, you know, okay, so this morning, I was at Roy's Cycler at 7 a.m. this morning.
4: Holy shit.
0: Damn. Because, uh, have either of you guys met Lala, the lady that used to run in Cycle? Yeah. That is yeah. helping She's Roy's. working
1: at, uh, uh, what's it, Cycler USA or USA Cycler? Yeah,
0: I don't know, but she's helping Mike at Roy's quite a bit, right? Oh, okay. That's good. And so, she also runs a race team. I think it's called 3T Racing or something. Mm-hmm. It's like a, you know, grassroots and yeah. elite level mountain bike team, but she wants to start this cycling podcast, right? Yeah. And so because you know, Mike is our common friend, he puts me in touch with her. I told her everything to buy, what programs to get and everything and then Yeah, I thought that was it. Then she's like, No, no, you need to come show me how to do it. Oh shit. So I'm like, okay. You know, she's a great friend of Mike. She loves Michael roy so good I friend of mine too.
1: Huh? Good friend of mine too. She yeah? helped me out whenever I was on in- oh, cycle. yeah Okay.
0: So I go down there and we uh we do a podcast this morning, like the debut, uh, what'd she call it? Dude, I can't even remember now. What? The name of her podcast, but it's a it's a cycling yeah thing. But uh she made me host the first one so she could watch how my my tempo and stuff. Yeah. So Mike was a guest and then there's two co-hosts. there's Lala and Jay. hmm. But uh but yeah, so <laughs> I was there doing this podcast this morning and I, I even forgot right now what the whole premise of me telling you this story <laughs> 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 but yeah i helped them e- export it everything and get it out there but uh yeah that's freaking badass what, what was my fucking point of this i, I think the topic were, for yeah us you're tr- yeah you're about. trying to oh, get the topic oh oh yeah yeah so she was you know talking about stuff and it's funny because her and her co-host jay they like googled me and did all this research on me and stuff oh, shit okay and so i talked a lot about like why i started cycling and why i like it and what's done to change my life and stuff but I was like, huh, you know what? We don't have a topic, right? So I yeah. was like, we all love dirt bikes, right? And Dirt bikes are how all four of us make a living. Yeah. Like, how do we start? Like, what's our 50-cent Cliff mm-hmm. Notes version of why we started riding? So you go first, Alex.
1: Uh, so pretty much, I mean, I was just sketchy from the time I was fucking born. <laughs> you know, uh, my dad uh he raced dirt bikes he came out to california he he knows like don gary jones uh clark jones really good like family friends with those guys yeah so i mean i've had no lean suspension since i was like seven you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like from the time i was born but uh but yeah like my dad um he came out here rode dirt bikes with all them like did that whole thing tried to turn pro kept crashing eating shit getting hurt had to get a job type deal you know what i mean um And then, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, he was trying to have a boy, trying to have a boy had, I had two older sisters and he's like, I ain't stopping until I get a boy. So (laughs) fucking finally third try was a charm and he finally got a boy. And I mean, that's what we did, you know, as a family, all of us raced, even my sisters growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, my dad just put me on a dirt bike whenever I was young and then it was just Man, honestly, it was.
0: Were you like born to be a racer? Like that's what it is. You're like, no, not really. I
1: mean, at first, I that's what kind of like what I thought. You know, I mean, I went to public school all the way up until I turned pro. Really, uh, I yeah, wouldn't have thought. I went to like ninth grade.
3: <laughs> ninth grade.
1: Yeah, I didn't learn shit. You know, but it's not like I listened or anything. But, yeah. um, <coughs> yeah, it was it was super weird. You know, um, growing up, my dad raced. I raced. The only reason my I feel like my dad. Wanted me to race to give him an excuse to ride and race. You know what I mean? So it was one of those things to where my dad would pick me up from school on Friday, drive all night. We did the whole Texas Winter Series one year whenever I was like seven. And we're from Tennessee. So it was like a fucking 12 to 15-hour drive every time. Yep. So my dad would pick me up on Friday, drive all night. We would race Saturday, Sunday. And then he would drive all night again. Drop me off at school and then drive the motorhome straight to work Oof. and work all day. It was crazy. And I would just sleep, obviously, in the motorhome all the way home. Yeah, It was just, like, something that we did, you know, each weekend as a family. Like, that's what we did. We did everything, like, my sisters raced, I raced. We did a whole thing as a family. It was great, you know, all the way up until I freaking turned pro. And then, obviously, my dad was at every single race my first year. Mm-hmm. And then, like to where it was just one of those things to where I started going on my own, and you know, just racing dirt bikes on my own. But I, he never thought that I would turn pro. We yeah. met this guy Brian McDonald.
0: Is that the guy you met? Uh, that? no, oh.
1: no. we met. Uh, we met Brian McDonald at a like a regional qualifier for the one year. Um, he was working with the uh, Moto Concepts team. He does like a lot of the dartfish stuff at the races, and okay. he's like a good mental coach. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I started riding with like Bowers and Vince, like the whole moto concepts team for a little bit. And we would go up to Bowers house and ride and, and then, uh, I did the B class at Loretta's one year, did shitty, got like 12th overall in one class. My bike blew up in the other one. And then, um, uh, I was riding at Bowers house the next week and then I got hurt. I broke my femur in his at his track. And, uh, like afterwards I was getting better, getting better. And then Brian approached us. He's like, "Hey, what do you think about Supercross?" I'm like, "What the fuck, you mean Supercross?" <laughs> He's like, "Do you want to turn pro and ride Supercross?" I was like, "Yeah." I'm like, "All right, I'll give it a shot." My dad's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever. You know, we'll try it." So, like, I did. Like, I got healthy, got a little bit better. I got my fucking pro license. Like, through an email, I guess. Like, I mean, I had to like a out at Minios. Mm-hmm. I got this was a long time ago. Granted, it was like 11 years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, I freaking. Get my pro license, and then I just go out to California, and we do that whole Supercross Academy thing in Taft, California. Yep. And I'm like this just young kid, fat, like on a 450. No one really knows who I am, obviously. And then I just start riding Supercross, and I turned out I was, like, decent at it, but I still sucked, obviously, because I was out of shape. I was fat. I crashed a lot. Um, I got hurt, obviously, because I was eating shit, um, <laughs> like, every day. And, yeah, I mean, I just started getting better and better each year. So I mean, my dad's like, "Fuck, man! I thought you were just gonna be a local hero and just get a real job." And mm-hmm. He didn't think that I would ever. He's like, "Man, I just wanted to have fun on the weekends, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and go to these local races with you, you know, like Dude, we just wanted that's to race." Tight
0: that you and your dad spent so many years riding together. Right? Yeah, that's cool. Like when Ronnie came out and did the vet worlds with us. Yeah, I was so jealous of watching you guys interact. Like <laughs> yeah. even though you weren't. You you didn't race that, you're right. No, dude. Yeah.
1: Every time the gate drops, my dad's on the gate like he's fucking ready to go. Yeah, like, but he's... like
0: watching you guys interact, yeah, it was awesome, dude. Because like <laughs> I didn't get to ride with my dad. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but dude, I'm I, I really wish that I was born earlier so that mm-hmm. I could have. But yeah. yeah, that's sick.
1: Yeah, me and me and my dad, we had to we had this this whole thing, man, where we would freaking just go to the races and ride and then half the time he wouldn't even be watching me because he's he it always happened like whether it be lake whitney or like in florida wherever whatever race it was i was like on the gate or on the track and then he was the race right after me it <laughs> always happened that way so he's just sitting on just the gate he's, the he's like oh yeah there he is
0: you like, gotta tell the promoter separate us a
1: little. no no he didn't care he's like ah oh, yeah he'd be fine fucking <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah i'd come off the track i'm like oh shit look, my dad's out there yeah you know I remember this one time at Lake Whitney, dude. Like, I mean, I was shit. I was probably fourteen or fifteen. I was racing college boy or something on two fifty F, and then like my dad, he was so serious because he was in the championship. Him, it was like him, and fucking Dakota Tetter's dad, Matt Tetter, yeah, whatever the guy's name is, and it was for the fifty plus plus class. All right, comes down to the last moto. My dad's fucking serious. He gets up. He's like. He hasn't trained, like, all year, I don't think. And he's all, like, running around, like, looking at the track, like, getting warmed up, everything. Like, his chest is all <laughs> puffed up. He's like, oh, fuck, I got to win today. And he ended up winning, like, the fucking 50-plus class at like, Lakewood <laughs> that year, dude. And, yeah, I mean, that's – he's got three amateur championships. My dad wow. does. They're yeah. all vet vet class. Yeah, yeah. But,
4: that's still sick, though. Yeah,
1: he, he was a pretty good freaking rider. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, he never thought that I would ever fucking turn pro.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: so that threw him for a bit of a loop, but – He's, he's proud of me, too. He's my biggest fan. Oh, well, yeah. Dude, I could get I could get last in the LCQ. Get him next week, bud. I thought you were real good. <laughs> yeah. You know? And you got sick. all these other people's parents, like, fucking choking him out and everything. You yep. got yeah. my dad over there. <laughs> <laughs> good job. That's awesome. <laughs> he's that's like. Rad. He's that's that's like,
0: rad. You could tell that about Ronnie Reyes. He, he wasn't an early mini dad. No, no. He yelled
1: at me one time. One time. And it wasn't because of my riding. I came off the track. I was pissed off how I did.
0: I threw your helmet. You got mad about that. No,
1: I threw my glove.
0: Oh.
4: Mm. I think the helmet
1: was next. Helmet was next. But I (laughs) threw my glove, and I think I took my goggles off, and I slammed them down. He said, hey, you don't fucking pay for that shit. I do. (laughs) Don't fucking throw that shit.
3: Uh (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, he just he taught me, like, the values of everything. You know what I mean? Like, we we weren't – I wasn't a good amateur, and we had to pay for everything that we had growing Mm up. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I – I had like 50% off of whatever, you know, on Hook It. So yeah, like, yeah. You know, I mean, my dad, he, he, everything came out of his own pocket. So if I ever got pissed and I threw something, he fucking let me know about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one time it, yeah. That's awesome. I remembered it for the rest of my life. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: All
2: right, Anton, I know
0: your story a little bit, but why don't you tell it?
2: Oh, I mean, mike had those trx 250r's those mm. four-wheelers um <laughs> oh he, Quad god oh yeah all the time mike oh fuck, dude he had him and jenny would go riding on those all the time so he had those up until i was probably like seven years old and they would always have them and then he got my mom like a kawasaki bayou four wheeler and then we moved from where we lived up to you know like the property that we grew up on and everything. And I was like, hey, I I want a motorcycle. You know, we had gone to like St. Louis Supercross. We had gone and like we'd seen it on TV. We had, we knew what was going on a bit. Like I knew who Jeremy McGrath was and stuff. I was like, hey, I really want a motorcycle. And he had always had them. Like he still has his first ever Z50 and we still have all the motorcycles my grandpa ever had. So like they've been in the family. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he bought me this like white Z50 and we lived on, you know, a a big enough piece of property that he could just let me ride all day, every day. And, like, it was never a problem for the neighbors. And, I mean, yeah, like everybody, I wasn't good at school or anything like that. So, you know, I'd be, like, say, on seventh grade. And they're, like, hey, hey, you know, he's a good kid. We'll get him a CR85, you know. (laughs) So, like, it's been cool. We've always always just had bikes. And then they knew that Kyle and I always wanted to race. I mean, we've always grown up at the races and watching the races and stuff. Uh, So, yeah, when I was, like, 12, they took me racing for the first time and, Kyle went and hell is the first time I ever got to race anything, you know, after watching it forever. And from that point on, I was like, yeah, this is what i want to do. Like there's, I have to do something involved in racing at this point, you know? Um, and so, yeah, you know, like eventually figured out, I wanted to do it in motocross more than anything. And that, you know, this is definitely the most fun cause it's like the most young and diverse you know, group of people that's around. We go see the most places. It's not just like little shitty dirt track here and there, like, you know, stock car racing stuff would be or, and I was never interested in NASCAR. Yeah. So yeah, it's just been fun. And then like, same thing as Avery said, you know, Mike would take me racing, but he knew I wasn't that good. Uh, But if I did anything, you know, like messed up something that he paid for, I knew about it. You know, Mm I, I remember he kicked my ass pretty good one time when I threw the bike down, we were Mm -hmm. beefing about some other stuff. You know that was a that was a long overdue fight that was coming, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, you know. And then I met you, and here we are.
0: What do you think the pinnacle of your dirt bike racing career has been? Was it the race where you
2: led me for several laps on that Alta?
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, California, well, honestly.
2: Well, I don't know. They're all weird because when I was a kid living here, you know, me and Kyle, I was in charge of whatever we were doing. You know, they'd show they would take us where we wanted to go, but like my dad didn't really have a lot of hands on, you know, he paid for the sign-up and stuff like that, but it wasn't like he was breaking down engines and doing all that. It's just whatever we could do is what we did. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I got hurt really bad, you know, and he he made me stop riding. You know, him and my mom both sat me down and they're like, hey, you know. I've done that too. (laughs) Yeah, that's what's happened. But he, he sat me down one day and he's like, you know, if you get in a wheelchair like you almost did, or if like you, you know, scramble your brain bad, like really badly he's like i'm not gonna be able to live with myself over that that i let my kid do that he's like you gotta stop Mm -hmm. and so i stopped for a while and then when i came and met you and and was riding in california again that was fun because i felt like i learned all over again Mm -hmm. you know it was like i got to ride on the best tracks on the nicest bikes with all the best gear and everything and then in talking to so many different people you know you and like seeing like all of our friend group and how good our test writer group is, from like Pat Foster to like Rich Taylor to Mike Sleader when he was around, mm. you just pick up on how good those guys are. And then you know over time, then talking to like Nick Way and Adam since real and seeing what those guys do. So I learned a bunch in that time, and that was fun. And then now, like writing right now is fun. And I was just telling my brother this the other day because it's just for me now. You know, like I just show up where I want to go. I go when I want to go. Like. There's nothing, if I ever want to do it, I can do it. And if I don't, I don't. And it's pretty cool right now to be in that, like, little stage before everything else goes, you know, topsy-turvy in a few years maybe.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: when, uh, when Michael used to fly out to California for, like, trips, like, yeah. like this is his birthday, he'd say, Mom, I want you to fly me to California to hang out with Don and his crew. <laughs> so he would come out for, like, these little mini vacations and mm-hmm. we'd put him to work. Or he'd come out for our events and stuff, yeah. but we'd take him riding and stuff. But uh, you you know my brother Ross yeah well right? so like, he has like nicknames for everybody right mm-hmm. like uh, he's you know talking boy crackhead Michael yeah you know stuff like that <laughs> he didn't know my Anton's name so he called him the boy who went parasailing <laughs> oh my he was, god there was this jump pa- parasailer there was this double tabletop double section at Star West yeah State Fair mm-hmm. with Star West back then <laughs> Michael fucking launched. Oh, my The last gosh. one was rolling down the windows. And oh, my God. My I didn't see it, but I remember,
2: hey, your friend, he went parasailing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was a big uh, one. It was a yeah. big one. Uh, that was probably like one of the biggest like jump crashes I had ever had. And I had to get on a plane that night, too. And oh. I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, that that it,
0: was a hairy section. It's bigger than anything they have at State Fair now. Yeah, it's bigger than that finish line double.
3: Yeah, yeah. Just imagine like jumping over the bars on that and rolling down the window. Oh my gosh! So (laughs) I will,
1: I will say this because you guys mentioned something about like you had to get Anton to stop riding a few times. Um, like my dad, he's never been. You know, like if I got hurt, like him or my mom, they've always just been like, "Oh yeah, well." He's like, you know, if I call him, like, "Hey, Dad," he's like, "What'd you break?" Or something (laughs) like that. You know, like that, and you know it's never really been that big of a deal you know me getting hurt and everything but like i don't know if it's my dad's age and him getting older or what i mean hell my second ever supercross i scrubbed a triple and the first thing that hit the ground was my face and i was fucking oh. i was like knocked out cold everything my dad's in the stands just snapping photos and me just laying there like <laughs> you know what i mean like no sympathy at all like whatever like hey he crashed you'll learn from it whatever yeah the first time like i ever felt like my dad had like a lot of like sympathy was whenever I went and got my both my wrists done I don't know if it was because like I mean he's just sitting there like looking at me he's like man like man if I ain't ever got you like into racing or anything like Mm -hmm. none of this shit would happen to you you know your legs would be good your wrists would be good all this stuff he's like dude you're fucking beat up I was like well I mean you didn't make me do it I'm yeah. the one who's here wanting to freaking do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't look know. At the wh-
0: lifetime of memories you guys have. To oh
1: my. I, yeah, exactly. That's, that's the one thing. That's what I told him. I'm like, dude, I wouldn't fucking trade it for the world. Like, I don't know what it is about riding dirt bikes, but it's so fucking addicting. It's like mm-hmm. black tar heroin. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. I have no like, experience
4: with that, but yeah, I'm sure. I mean, well, I,
1: <laughs> no, I don't either. But all, all <laughs> I'm saying is like, whenever you hit a rut, like super good. Yeah. You just wanted, I mean, it'll probably never happen again. You know, yeah. like I mean, that's that what I was telling right? like It's like that feeling, it's like you're chasing it. You're yeah. chasing that constantly. fucking feeling constantly.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. motocross your enjoyment of motocross is relies solely on your personal experience. Exactly. Right? Like you go to the track and you see some goon on the on the vet track and he's flapping his arms like a chicken going down the straightway and stuff. Yeah. But when he clears a tabletop for the first time, he feels like Ricky Carmichael, right? Yeah,
4: exactly.
1: Totally. We I think we all it doesn't matter. What the level of riding is, we all have that good fucking feeling of yeah. whenever mm-hmm. we do something or accomplish something, it's just like, holy shit, I want to do yeah. that again. Because, yeah.
0: I mean, even at 53, right, I have recently learned a couple of things, and that feels awesome, right? Like, yeah. Like, the other day, you know that, that rut, Chase, the inside left rut at State Fair after the jump that should be the finish line jump? Yes. By the fence? Yes. That inside rut's really good, right? Mm-hmm. I went into this rut a little too fast and was like, holy. Oh, but instead of like pulling the clutch and slamming on the brakes, you like just an sat loop, into it. I gassed it and was like, "Fuck it!" Yeah. I fall, I fall, and it went Bria. and I was like, "Dude, that's what it's supposed to feel like when you go through a rut, <laughs> yeah. laid over and fast, right?" Yeah. And I did it the next lap and just kind of threw caution to the wind and rolled the dice, and yeah. it worked. And so I'm just like all pumped, right? Because I kind of learned something mm-hmm. still at this stage of my life, and yeah, after all these years of riding, so that's what makes motocross so addicting, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fucking addicting as oh, hell. No. Yeah. So how are you addicted after two broken wrists and a broken foot and femur? So, and? Dude, yeah. he, hey, he's big
1: fucking Harley guy right now. Huh? No, Chase, no, Chase no. Is, he's he's, model, he's <laughs> all things two wheels,
4: dude. <laughs> that was the first time I've ridden it in like a week. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's going to be a free rider. He's a gonna free be, rider. Yeah, him yeah. and Raja are going to be I don't like jumping that much. Nope. <laughs> no, my story is a little different than everyone because like my parents, they never rode. They never had a bike or anything. I mean, my dad had rode a friend's bike when he was a teenager or whatever mm-hmm. my mom's saying probably, but... Yeah, they never rode or anything. Uh, I was born in Texas, and a couple years, I think when I was two, my parents moved out to Marietta, before like when this was all dirt still, and so um, yeah, we moved out here, and I mean you, you guys live out here now. If you're out here, you know what a dirt bike is, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just walking to school and stuff, or walking around my block, riding my bike around the block, I'd see, oh, what's that? What's that big? blue and monster monster like trailer what is that and so eventually i started to realize what dirt bikes were um, my mom worked at a doctor's office and oh, her, so she had a lot of motocross <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yeah. so she her good friend that also worked in the doctor's office was danny carlson's mom hmm. and so we started going to lunch with them a lot i'd go hang out at their house and see like the suzuki box fan and all the dirt bikes and i think i was probably like three around that age but three or four and uh yeah big Danny big Danny Carlson was riding the driving the semi for m d k when Nick was on it, and I think villaman mm-hmm. and so big Danny got us some tickets to supercross or whatever, and I met Nick and all them and yeah I just like four years old just begged my dad and so he got <laughs> me a little fifty and yeah that was it I was addicted and i I mean up until probably sixth or seventh grade, my dad only worked or he didn't have to work Fridays. And so, Fridays he had off, and so, he'd come, pick me up with the dirt bike loaded, and I had to show him, like, good grades from that Friday, and if I had good grades, he'd take me (laughs) to track. If not, we're going back home. (laughs) So, they did a good, I mean, they did well. I mean, like, I always had really good grades, A's and B's, Mm -hmm. partially because I was just so addicted to riding, and I wanted to ride my dang dirt bike. But yeah, man, I mean, my parents, if it wasn't for my yellow dad, I probably wouldn't be riding anymore, because... Through the injuries, I mean, they tried everything to get me off of dirt bikes. Even when I was younger, before I even got hurt, they knew what the outcome would be. Yeah. And so, like, they, I played baseball, well, everything. But when
0: I first met you, mm-hmm. I know you didn't have a dirt bike. Yeah. And you weren't, quote unquote, allowed to race because you've nope. gotten hurt real bad, right?
4: Yeah, freshman in high school. My parents, so eighth grade, I begged my parents to just let me race again because I'd raced like fifties and stuff. Yeah. But we stopped forever, and so. They let me race. They somehow got me. A, they got me a brand new KTM 125. So unbelievably stoked, right? Yeah. So I did a couple of races, and uh, I did a couple of the the Trans World races at mm-hmm. the time, and then the Gold Cup. And then I think I was a freshman in high school, and I just did a stupid little race at Milestone. And some reason our gate was lined up with like the fast guys, like Serrat and all them. And dude, someone ate it on the the step up that was a long. The the back, the back, the back, back step up, yep. Oof. Someone ate it there, and was off the track, and there was no flagger, and Surratt and I like he was lapping me, and we just hit, and I went flying through the air, rolling down the windows. Oh my He's God. the one that hurt you. Yeah. Why didn't you give him shit? When <laughs> yeah. I, was here I never. I know. I've never told him. <laughs> <laughs> and so, dude, I broke my left tib fib and did a bunch of stuff to my left knee, and when that happened, like that's funny because the Carlsons did stuff there, like she was the gate lady and whatever, and so they were there like Danny, big Danny and, and Corky. They were the first ones to me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, after that, my parents were over it. They sold, they oh, wanted to yeah. sell the dirt bike. They didn't want me riding ever again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it took this guy. Now they have no choice. Yeah. yeah.
0: So okay. But since then, since you started riding, you've broken both your wrists at the same yeah, time. and Just destroyed I would, your leg.
4: <laughs> yeah. That first, the first tip tip would have been much better than everything else I've done. Oh, shit. Yeah. So both do my your, arms. how do your
0: parents handle that now? Like the,
4: it's funny because because my mom's a lot better than my dad. Same. My mom M- don't give a shit. Yeah, my mom could care less. When I get hurt, my mom is the first person I call because I know she's gonna be calm and all that. Mm-hmm. And then usually when I call my mom, about ten minutes later I get a call from my dad and my dad's crying. <laughs> she's it's like what's wrong? Yeah, it's like I call my
1: mom. I was like, Mom, I got hurt. I crashed. Oh, okay. I'll call the insurance.
3: exactly. Exactly. I'll do the yeah. paperwork.
4: Yeah, it's to yeah. the point where now, like, if I'm at the track, they know I'm riding or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I call my mom. She's like, what'd you do? Mm-hmm. And I call my dad. He's already, like, like freaking out. like,
1: <laughs> Yeah. My dad's like, what'd you break or what'd you blow up? Mm-hmm. That's one thing my dad would always get so pissed off at me about. Whenever I was, like, on 80s and 125s, I'd be out practicing. I had this, I don't know. I went through a lot of 85s, right, because mm-hmm. we had this sand pit at my house um, yeah. back in the day. And I would just fucking blow bikes up all the time. My dad, he'd like, he'd get so pissed off. I'm like, dad, like, the bike feels like it's about to blow up. I would tell, (laughs) I would tell him that like all the time, and then he's like, he would just get so pissed off at like me and like just hearing it and stuff. He just fuck it, just ride it till it blows up. Then, yeah, just you know, that would he tell me, and then I'd be out in the middle of the field. My bike would blow up. Dad, it blew up. (laughs) I was like, come get me. He's like, fuck. I was like, I told you it was gonna blow up. (laughs) He'd get all pissed. Yeah. It's just crazy to think that this one thing, like dirt bikes, like this sport, I mean, what it's given us and what it totally, what it's done for us. I mean, even like the local average person, that feeling that they get, like it, you, you get that from
4: this fucking racing yeah. you know, or riding a dirt bike. It's crazy. It's cool, too, because like it's just so unique. Like I have kind of like growing up, even where we grew up, like out here, going to high school, there was probably like two or three other kids that rode moto. There wasn't a lot of dudes. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, honestly, a lot of people looked at us like, what? You're into dirt bikes? You sit down and (laughs) twist a throttle? Like, that's so cool, right? Especially the skater kids. But, I rode bicycles too and went to the skate park or whatever. And, kind of through like, taking photos of my buddies and whatever, I was, I was kind of homies with all the skater kids and stuff. And dude, they always hated on it. But like, over the last year or two, everyone's gotten dirt bikes. A lot of kids I went to school with and, Dude, they all like just last week I had a message from this kid who is just a badass skater in high school, and he's like, "Dude, I, I don't even skate anymore. Like, I'm so addicted to just riding dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy." I remember my math teacher in seventh grade told me that, uh,
1: that, I was like, "She's like, what do you want to do?" I said, "I want to ride dirt bikes." She's like, "Well, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, you're never gonna make money for doing that. All you do is fucking sit and ride around." Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, yeah. I still remember the day that she told me that, what she looked like. Everything. Sitting in class, I was like, all right, I'm going to show this bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that teacher in fucking damn Milan, Tennessee fucking mm-hmm. told me that I couldn't fucking do something. Hell no.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know what I had a teacher once? <clears throat> like I was in honors English. Mm-hmm. And that honors English and those grades I got is the only thing that kept me above 2.0 in high school because I didn't give a fuck, right? Yeah, yeah. But we had vocabulary tests, right? And so the word, one of the words that you had to like define and write a sentence for was ruminate r-u-m-i-n-a-t-e i'll tell you what i still don't know what it means but i wrote
1: is that whenever you like masturbate and the door is closed in the room <laughs> ruminate you ruminate
0: but i was like <laughs> i didn't know what it meant doesn't mean reflecting on something anton yeah yeah so i didn't know what it meant but i wrote oh you know joe heated up a a burrito and went to his ruminated dinner <laughs> 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 I remember Mr. Moore pulled me aside and was like you think you're funny if you don't apply yourself you will never amount to anything I remember he told me that and then do they do you think teachers
1: do that shit on purpose tell us like those maybe. certain things to like make, like Bro, reverse
0: psychology
4: maybe
2: I had this talk with Megan the other day like do you realize how wild it is that you just send your kids off to school for like you know Nine months out of the year, and you don't even really know these people that are like screaming at your kids all day. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so did they did they have paddlings
0: in California? What? No, not my. What? Uh, when I that? was in like corporal punishment, getting spanked.
4: Oh no! No. Like, oh when, what? I, when
0: I was when I was young, they would like slap your wrist with a ruler or something. But I was never bad, so I never got that. Anton, but did I remember, you ever get paddlins? remember my parents no. had to sign the release allowing it. What
1: the fuck? Yeah, dude, we don't... Bro. Even, I
4: mean, they can't even look at you weird out here. I got
1: a paddling twice a week, dude. Really? Yeah, people are like, dude, what's a paddling? I was like, well, they had like this paddle, right? <laughs> yeah. With a handle. Yep. A paddle with a handle. And if you did something bad, or you fucking skipped out on detention or whatever, they'd fucking bend you over like the uh, the president's... Or not the president's... The principal's the, desk. The principal's desk and fucking <coughs> whack you yep. in the ass. Jeez. Every two weeks, I would get one. Yeah, the worst thing we <laughs> had was like... They would, and they don't even do so it now. Uh, yeah, no, it's permanently <laughs> swollen. Cause no, cause like the teachers were like, Hey, you have to sign a consent, I guess. Like, yeah, Hey, yeah, can yeah, we you paddle do. your kid. Right. So they'll obviously call my parents like, Hey, Alex is about to get paddling. So I would go to like school or whatever. I'd go to the principal's office, get my paddling for fucking doing something stupid. <laughs> yeah, You know, like, cause I always got in trouble or they would even take you out in the middle of the hallway uh uh-huh. like while class is still going on the teacher would just go out and fucking smack you a little bit and you got to go back in the class you're all fucking crying oh fucking yeah hurts. <laughs> but i would get a paddle in at school and then they would obviously call my parents and they're like oh shit all right so i would come home and my dad would beat my ass again okay. with a yeah. <laughs> boat my dad had this big ass boat paddle right <laughs> oh, yeah and i had to sign it every time i got oh. hit like dude oh my god you have no idea how – that's why my ass I
4: think is permanently swollen.
1: I think you're on to something yeah, because, yeah, dude, it. I got my ass spanked so many fucking times.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the worst thing they have – they don't even do it now because I have three younger brothers are still in school and they, they don't do nothing. But when I was in like elementary school and middle school, the worst thing is is you got like detention and what they did was they had a one table on the stage at lunchroom. And that's where you had to sit and eat in front of everyone
0: else on the oh, stage. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's, that's public shaming. Yeah.
4: I, I
1: remember I got called to the office one time to get paddling, right? And the kid taking me up there, he was like a junior or something. I was like a freshman. He's like, hey, dude, like the paddlings hurt. I was like, nah, dude, they're fine. I'm like, yeah, not I'm a veteran. Yeah, exactly. I was like, No, nah, I'm used to it. Like, it's whatever. It's not that bad. Told the principal that I said that. And, dude, the principal like, got underneath it like a fucking golf swing Ooh. or something. Dude, he fucking whacked my ass so fucking hard, my feet came off the ground. And then afterwards, he's like, sit down. I was like, can I stand, dude? Because my ass hurts. <laughs> oh, dude, my God. Dude, the guy threw
0: you under the bus. Yeah,
1: he fucking threw me under the right. bus, asshole. See, I was a good kid. I wasn't.
0: You know, I was I was a good kid because of the fear of this mythical punishment that my mom and my mom and dad told me about. So my mom said that there is this, like, Japanese punishment for bad kids. <laughs> oh, no. And it was called a yaito. to right?
1: What the hell is a yaito? to
0: And I don't know why, but my mom had this fucked up big toenail, right? And never grew right. <laughs> and she told me it was from when she was bad. When she was little, she got a yaito, to And I'd be like, what's that? Like, well, we put a box match between your toes and light it, and you have to keep it there until it burns all the way and goes out and it'll melt your toenail, and your toenail will never be the same for the rest of your life. Ooh. I mean, maybe my mom had a yaito, and that's why her toenails was fucking. Yeah, maybe up. it was legit. <laughs> but, and she would say if you, like, throw it out and it falls on the ground, you got to start all over again, oh right? Oh, my God. So just the fear of this fucking legendary mythical yaito. If I was being bad, they'd go, yaito? <laughs> and I'd be like, that
1: <laughs> would <I'd> be <good laughs> for, you know? Yeah, my mom, one thing with, like, racing and my mom and me freaking being a bad kid – The like her fucking big whole like speech. It would be like, "Oh, you're gonna fucking act up? I will go out in this garage, put all your fucking dirt bikes Mm -hmm. in a pile, and I will light a match. Yes, light it on fire.
4: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I heard that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, mine was. Your bike will be at Langston's for sale tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Done. Fuck, man.
0: Crazy.
2: Well, hey, back to the question at hand, Don. How did you uh? How'd you get started then? See, this Cause, is, like we know. I well, want to know about know. the
0: three-wheelers. This is well documented. You know, like, yeah, my shameful beginning. So, both my brothers. Well, Ross is, fuck, I don't even remember. I think he's fourteen years older than me. Mm-hmm. So I was a, I was a mistake, right? And I was, I was. I remember being the an age and going, was I a mistake? And my mom's like, yeah, you were a pleasant surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, both my brothers raced. My oldest brother John got fucked up a lot. And I remember there's a good point in my childhood where he was in a toe-to-hip cast for, like, a year.
3: Jeez. Oh, wow.
0: And I think it was he broke his knee. That's what he says. He broke his knee. But I don't know about breaking your knee as opposed to blowing your ligaments out, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but they didn't have the same surgeries then as yeah, now. So yeah. I remember him being in a cast. And I remember every time he got a new cast, he would recruit Ross because Ross was super artistic into drawing the lower half like a motocross boot. Oh, wow. And I remember <laughs> watching that and just, like, the process you know <laughs> but so the thing is when little Donnie comes along he's got exercise and in, exercise induced asthma and he's being sheltered from all things motocross because my mom doesn't want me to get hurt right yeah so as a result that was this fat super fat kid that would get asthma and suck on a puffer anytime I did anything active or even laugh too hard right <laughs> and so when I was in my early teens I had like Bad, bad self-image problems and stuff. Yeah. It was fat. And, you know, you want to be popular and kids call you fat boy and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been there. But by uh, that time, you know, my oldest brother didn't ride race motocross anymore. But he bought a three-wheeler because he thought, oh, yeah. So he used to go riding by himself and shit. And when I was old enough, he's like, hey, you want to come? Come with me. And, you know, I wore one of Ross's old motocross helmets. And I'd go. We'd take turns riding, you know, like out of Indian dudes and stuff. And then. My dad, my brother John goes to my dad one day and he's like, yo, man, Donnie's, Donnie's got some, you know, self-confidence problems and everything. And every kid needs his own thing. So, like, he really likes riding this ATC with me. Can we get him one? And so my dad, you know, our good friend's Aki Goto at Suzuki, the guy who invented the quad eventually. Holy shit. Yeah, you know, he's coming to our house for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so we, they bought me the Suzuki three-wheeler ALT 125 in 1981, I think. And yeah, I started on a three-wheeler riding in at Azusa Canyon with my brother and shit. And of course, my dad is like, "Oh man, oh, we need to make the axle wider on that like those guys that race, you know?" <laughs> so he bought me these axle spacers because no one made a wide axle for this trail three-wheeler. So he got me these spacers and put tires. I raced a three-wheeler race on this rigid three-wheeler. And you know, got smoked because it was a 125 four-stroke with all that yeah. clutch. That's all it took. My dad's all. that's it. We're buying a Kawasaki Takati. <laughs> so I went from a 125 four-stroke bike with no clutch to a race three-wheeler. Yeah. So I had an 83 KXT 253 wheeler And I don't know how it slipped into that without my mom rebelling, but it was great. It was something my dad and oldest brother did together yeah. with me. and. You know it's dorky that I started on a three-wheeler, right? Yeah, but, but it changed my life. It's funny because as soon as I got that stupid 125, something happened. I got the self-confidence, right?
3: Yeah, and
0: all of a sudden, 3 feeling the, the <laughs> cool kids in my little high school group suddenly thought I was cool and they kind of brought me in and yeah. everything. But like, motorsports changed my whole personality, you know, like yeah. I had self-confidence and everything. But yeah, I did three-wheeler thing for. <laughs> For several years until right around the time quads came out. And, you know, that's when you're a shithead teenager and you think you know everything. And I was winning this race at Ascot. And I, I had asthma still, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, Ascot races were the only ones I could do good in because there were only four laps. Yeah. And third lap, I'm coming around and I have asthma so bad, I see the white flag. I thought it was a checker and I pulled off. <laughs> I was winning, right? And I'm at the truck and I'm like, yeah, I won. And I'm sucking a my inhaler. <laughs> my dad comes running over. What happened? Did the bike blow up or something? I'm all, what do you mean? He goes, "What? Well, you pulled off on the white flag lap. Did something happen with the bike? And I'm all, what are you talking about? I won. He's all, no, you dumb shit. You pulled off. <laughs> and I look, and the guys are getting the checkered flag. And I'm all, fuck. So instead of going, I'm a dumbass. I had asthma so bad I, I couldn't see straight. I'm all, huh, if you can't say anything nice, don't even come. Dude, that was the last time he ever came to watch me race. Oh, oh shit. And, you know, I was old enough to drive by then. And yeah. Like, dude, I went to a few races by myself, and it was just no fun, you know? Yeah. So I I quit racing three-wheelers because that's also the same time quads came out. Yeah. And quads were mysterious and expensive and shit, so nah. So I didn't do anything. And then Ross, the whole time I was riding three-wheelers, Ross is, like, embarrassed of me, right? Like, oh, <laughs> God, fucking <laughs> my brother races chairs. <laughs> so he has a uh, uh, 80... One arm 125, that's kind of left over Mm -hmm. that he still has. And he's like, oh, here, come ride with me. And so I started on that and sucked bad, terrible. And then even I remember like it was fun, though, because I would go riding with him on Sundays and I would spend the night at his house the night before and everything. But I had this giant Ford or Chevy cargo van, like the one ton ones that are really long past the rear wheel. But I had the dirt bike in there and I spent the night at his house and someone broke in and stole it. Oh shit. And the funny thing about it is they didn't even know how to operate tie downs. They cut the tie downs with scissors. <laughs> and they stole it. So then I was like, Oh fuck. You know, so my yeah. dad paid my brother back. But uh Yeah, and then out of high school I got a job at Pastine Honda and I I bought my first dirt bike, which is an eighty seven CR two fifty. This was pretty much it from then. I just yeah. all I wanted to do was ride on Sundays with my brother Ross. And I think my dad came and watched me race as a beginner a couple of times. Yeah. And he, I was even winning the beginner class at Ascot, and he was like, hey, you ain't worth a damn. <laughs> he was hey, your brother's so much older than you, and you still can't even beat him? Yeah, you suck. <laughs> but, like, he didn't watch me race until I turned 30. Wow. And, you know, as a man, I asked him, hey, will you come watch me race? And I remember I remember this race. It was at Glen Helen. It was over the hill game because I was vet class eligible. I battled with that guy, Steve Piatoni, that owns Shock Therapy Racing. Yeah. Like, hmm We scrapped back and forth and I beat him and I won. And I remember my dad came up to me afterwards and he saw, That was a good race to watch. Good job. And he shook my hand. And that was, uh, (laughs) that to me is like one of the best memories I have, right? It's like my dad coming to see me race finally again and winning and riding well. Yeah. And him shaking my hand and being proud. (laughs) Then he came to the next race. And at that next race, I was racing Jeff Emigs YZ280 that he won the U.S. Open on. Yeah. And I remember I got a bad start, but I ended up winning that one too. But my wife was like, you got a bad start, but he was like, hey, tapping her, he's going to win. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the two memories I have of motocross with my dad. And that's why I say I'm jealous of you getting to ride with, with Ronnie. Yeah. That's, that's just yeah. Yeah,
1: so I'm lucky, man. Like, all of my great achievements, I feel like, my dad has been there. He's been Which there. Is, yeah, it's crazy. Like, um, my first ever main event was in Detroit. He was in there. Like mm-hmm. he didn't even watch the L C Q. He watched from his phone like the times from his phone, like he mm-hmm. was so nervous that he had to walk out of the stadium and go back <laughs> to the pits. He was so nervous. My yeah. first ever main event. And then uh he was there for my first race at Factory Yamaha. Mm-hmm. Um he came out and did the uh the amateur day and then I raced the next day and then um he got to he got to see me. He was at uh Muddy Creek, mm-hmm. uh riding a Factory Yamaha at my home hometown race, which is Let cool. me guess
0: he had a Montreal Yamaha apparel on.
1: Uh, he had a Yamaha hat on. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. That's cool.
0: Yeah. Well, fuck. It's pretty funny. Like, like we're all. Hey, you know, you were speaking of
1: Ascot and Azusa Canyon. My dad, my my grandmother used to live in Azusa Canyon. My dad lived with her in Azusa Canyon whenever he was out here, and he raced. He used to race
0: Ascot. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I talked to him about that once. Yeah, Yeah. Ascot. Around the same
1: time. So you were probably mm-hmm. out there on your three-wheeler, and he was probably yeah. on the gate watching. I, I
0: – I f- <laughs> you know, Ascot closed in, like, 88, Yeah. around then. I was racing dirt bikes by then because yeah. I started in 87. But, um, yeah, I rode the last ever race at Ascot. Holy shit. And it's funny because the season openers at Ascot, you'd be so psyched. I would go there and Which get one him. is
1: the one that has, like, a, a brewery on top of it now, the Miller Brewery? That's Irwindale. Irwindale. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was way before my time. Oh, okay. But Ascot, like the season opener, dude, I would I would leave work. I would get at Ascot in line because you got your gate pick. By the sign up? By the sign up. Yeah. I would get to Ascot at three o'clock <laughs> and the gates didn't open till five. You know, I would be the first <laughs> one in line just, just to be getting a good gate pick, right? But I remember <laughs> a season opener, it was all this high, high uh, anticipation for it and everything. And I just remember one season opener, there was a guy because By the time, this time, I was a cool dirt bike guy, and I thought quads are lame. But some guy at the season opener raced, was on a quad, and he went over the front TT jump and crashed, and his helmet flew off. (laughs) And the quad (laughs) landed on his head, and I think he died. Oh, Oh my God. I just remember that. That was like the gnarliest (laughs) season opener. I was like, oh, dude, that guy knocked his head off.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: Oh, Jesus. Terrible. Wow. Mm.
2: See, this is why we came up with that Z1R helmet campaign.
4: Yes.
0: Dude, Anton. And
4: oh, where do you see?
2: You know, we caught up
0: on two of those helmet giveaways. Do you know what we're talking about? Nope. So Z1R is a, um, it's like an entry-level helmet yeah. company made by, a, it's a, I think it's a Parts Unlimited I'm pretty sure brand. Sure. Yeah, it's Parts a, Unlimited. It's a part polycarbonate shell, multi-density EPS, MIPS, mm-hmm, nine vents, nine intake, three exhaust. Like, so I know the whole spiel, right? Yeah. But so the premise of this giveaway is like we go to the track and find someone with a beat-down helmet and like… You know, it's an entry level helmet, but if it's better than what we're giving than yeah. the helmet we're replacing, it's great, right? Yeah. So the first one we ever did, we found a kid that had some really old like MSR helmet that was yeah. and we gave it to him and he was stoked. And he was like, it was funny, I interviewed him, he was like he was like a spokesperson, yeah. right? Like, oh yeah. yeah, this is a great helmet. If you're in the market for a <laughs> helmet, like you should <laughs> get this. And then the second one <coughs> we gave to this to this guy uh second hand because yeah. I had it in the van. To give it to someone, but then Scrub Daddy's dumbass forgot his helmet. So we let him wear that so he could ride that day. But I said, you have to give it to someone, though, and record it. So then he gave it to a, a friend of his that needed a new helmet. Yeah. But then we had to catch up. So I brought two to the track on, uh, was it Saturday?
3: Yeah, Saturday.
0: When <laughs> we're like, fuck, man, nobody's got a beat-down helmet. We're, like, watching people. I'm, like, literally standing by the bet track watching. And, dude, we <laughs> go back to the truck. I'm like, man, there's no one. And then Dom goes, hey, there's your guy. There's this guy riding through the pits on an 80, no. It was a 90. 2003.
4: What? The 125 was a
0: 90, 1990? No, no, it was a KX. Or it was a KTM 380.
4: Oh, okay, okay. It
0: was KTM 380, like the Grant Langston era looking ones, oh, you know? Oh, shit, yeah. Single, sh- no, no linkage on the shock. No front number plate. He's got his knee pads on the outside of his leathers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's got this old helmet with no visor. He's got chest checked on with elbow pads and everything. He's out there doing the chicken wing. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I pull him over. I'm like, "Yo, dude, can I, can I do a video with you?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, what?" And I'm like, i "I want to give you a better helmet than that because your helmet sucks." <laughs> he's like, yeah, but the but the funniest part about that first interview, I think, is I'm like, Chase is filming. Me and I got the helmet in my hand. Mike from, hey guys, I'm here for this giveaway. I'm here with my new friend. What's your name, buddy?" He's like, "Jay." I'm all, you got a last name Jay. He goes, he looks at the camera, and goes, "No." Nah. Just Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, holy shit, really? Yeah. Oh, I got to watch it now, dude. I got to watch that. But uh, he was super cool. And, like, oh, I, yeah. you know, I was like, you know, hey, you know, you should replace your helmet every four years, Re- recommended by helmet manufacturers, because even if you don't crash, the sweat is acidic and it hardens the EPS. And giving him the spiel. And he's like, oh, this helmet's old and whatever. But while we're doing this first interview, I hear another guy behind him go, Yo, man, I was going to buy a helmet today. And I'm like, thinking, oh, I wonder what that is. And as we finish, we turn the camera off and I turn around and there's another guy and he's got, you know that brand THH? Yes. yes. Like, fake wow. Fake bells, right? Yeah. Dude, Anton, it was a white helmet with checkered flag graphics on the side with a purple visor.
4: So faded. But it
0: was so old, it was like beige, right? Yeah. And the dude's wearing it, and it looked like a child's helmet, like too small for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the visor was down so low. I don't know how he could have got goggles in there, right? Yeah. And I'm all, hey, yo, dude, do you wear a large? Because I got a large. I'd like to give you a helmet, too. And he's all, yeah. And uh, anyway, so I'm like, here with my new buddy. What's your <laughs> name? He's all, Marwan. <laughs> Wait, what's your name? Marwan. But uh, his, his was awesome, too. Yeah. And in the video, we, he's like, oh, I'll tell you how old this helmet is. he pulls it back. He looks at the like, DOT rating goes, 1990. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, dude. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So a 31-year-old helmet, right? Yeah. But, yeah, it was It was, it was insane. Yeah, my dad, you
1: know, obviously, there's another story about my dad, but it's funny as shit, right? So my dad, he has this old replica Jeff Emick helmet. It was pretty sick. With the bull? The, yeah, with the bull, right? He crashed <laughs> one time and ripped the whole mouthpiece off. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, the, the the plastic piece yeah. or the whole chin guard, the
1: whole chin guard, oh. right? Picks it up, takes it back. He's got a buddy who does fiberglass.
0: No way, <laughs> bro!
1: Fiberglassed it back on. Put a bunch of stickers on it. Still has it. Oh, oh my, my god! god. Yes. That's so unsafe. Yeah, but he didn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> this is sick like helmet. He
0: still has it. You need to take pictures of that next time you're home.
1: All right. It's got a sticker on the side of it. It's like a bull with, like, the circle and, like, the line crossed out. Like a no like bullshit. No bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no bullshit.
0: <laughs> it's badass. Dude, on my Kawasaki Takati three-wheeler, <laughs> the back, back of the back fender had this, like, black sticker that was, like, a square with with points on the end. Yeah. And, you know, the top part on the top of the fender said Unitrack, and the bottom said Takate, right? Yeah. I bought this sticker. <laughs> It was one of those with circle with the zero and it had wimpy eating a hamburger. Yeah. And the bottom said, no wimps. So <laughs> nice. I cut off the part that said no wimps. And I put it right under the Takati So it said, Tacati, no wimps. <laughs> 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 I thought it was the sickest thing ever. <laughs> Shit, dude. <laughs> Stickers are great. Yeah. Hell oh, yeah. Well, that wraps it up. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, again, you know, like uh, we're in the off season. We obviously will have things going on every week, but uh, if you have any ideas you'd like us to talk about, drop it in the DMs, either Alex's, Chase's, Michael's, mine, or Swap Moto Live on one of our social channels, or you could email me at swap at swapmoto.live.com. And uh, yeah, thanks to our sponsor, Pro Taper, for continuing to uh, bring this show to you guys. And uh, actually, let me get this. This this particular show is dedicated to. Ah. Todd Litchkey. What's he, up, baby? He's a listener, and he says, I just wanted to pass this along. I have tried listening to your podcast a few times and cannot get past the horrific audio. <laughs> Whoever edits your audio should be fired, uppercase. Mm. So, you know, it's been hot. We've been recording this in the room with the air conditioner <laughs> on blowing it out, and like, I actually, you know, I'm not audio guy, you know, so I've been recording with the sound levels high, I know yeah. they're high, but uh, hopefully this week's audio is better, if it's better, guys, drop us a line somewhere, drop a comment, or on our social media, let us know if it sounded better, because, you know, I ain't got time to listen to what we just did over again, so, Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, give us some feedback, drop us some ideas, uh, visit alexray.co to get a sketchy merch,
1: yes, I have some new stuff coming out, we're a little bit low on inventory right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I still have stickers, hats, beanies. Um, I'm going to be having uh, a new shirt, hoodie, and a hat coming out
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, here pretty soon. So that's where I'm headed after this. I'm going to go check on all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, stay
0: tuned, guys. It's going to be great. Okay. So I have a pretty extensive pro rider jersey collection at home. Mm-hmm. I used to line the walls of my old trans world office. Nice. I just – I don't know why. I like this all-white office ride. Right? I don't have it in me to bring them in and do that. So – Along the lines of A-Ray's giveaway, I would like to reduce the inventory on Swap Moto Live merch so that we can order some new merch. I, we have some different ideas. So, between now and next Friday, I'm going to throw some jerseys in to surprise orders. Mm-hmm. If you order, uh, I think it, what is it? Is it, what's the link, Chase? Is it swapmoto-live.myshopify.com? Or there's a merch tab on our website. Um, so off the top of my head, I have a Josh Hansen 100 shift jersey I will throw in a random order. Hmm. What do you, What else you got? Oh, Dude, I don't know if I want to give the Stewart ones away yet, but Oof. I got some Stewart jerseys. Oh, no, shit. no, I have a James Stewart answer jersey that I will throw in a random order. And I'm going to buy a shirt. I want that. Yeah, same. Huh? Yeah, I'm going to buy a shirt. I want that. And uh, what else? Let's see. Dude, I have. Here we go. I have a Christian Craig helmet I'll put in there. Whoa. It's the uh, Geico Honda with the leopard.
3: Versace mm, yeah. painted it.
0: Oh, Versace yeah. one. Yeah. That yeah. one. The, that the one's red, red and gold one. Yeah. One. yeah. Oh. Red and gold. So those three items will go on Random Order's Place this week. So support my daughter, Megan Maeda. She <laughs> makes money off merch.
3: <laughs> or awesome. some
0: swap Motor Live merch. Support your favorite cast of podcast idiots. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.